All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the second Packed Radio Hour podcast. I am one of your hosts, Arjun Dravid. Uh, with me is Paul Garlic. Yep, right here. Uh, today, we got a lot on the show. Uh, we got a very spoiler-filled discussion of the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, we talk about the pros and cons of tonic water and uh, a little story about uh, me and the beach. Uh, Paul, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, doing well. It's getting late over here. We just watched the uh, Harry Potter and uh, 20th anniversary Return to Hogwarts special. That was exciting. Taco night. Taco, Taco night. Thursday. Taco yeah, Taco Thursday. Thursday. Ah, yeah, still, still has a ring to it. Uh, a little bit. I think Taco Tuesday. I mean, the Migos made a whole song about that. It's just uh, just rolls off the tongue a lot better. Yeah, um, but not, not to quick, be this week, Taco Thursday. Quick pointer about the Harry Potter reunion thing. Tough for J.K. Rowling. She got like two seconds from a 2019 interview. They didn't bring her back. They clipped in like a viewer from 2019. And then just yeah. like no, like slight mentions. They called her Joe a bunch, which threw me off. And I was like, that's what is, I was literally, Joe? I was literally about to say that. Well, the only person <laughs> that called her Joe was none other than Christopher Columbus himself. Yeah. Which still still is just the funniest name. That, um, like, oh, my name is Christopher Columbus, and rather than, like, change it or just have... They don't, <laughs> so many famous people... So many famous people so don't, many. They don't... They don't have to yeah. change their name. You can just, like, have a, like, performance name or a, like, famous person name. But yeah. he was just like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just going to go like Chris instead of Christopher, and that'll totally take care of it. <laughs> such a ridiculous human being. Um, the guy, I would say, I still hold this take, that Brad Pitt, his real name's like William Pitt, but his middle name's Bradley. The Brad Pitt thing was just natural. That's just a sick name. Like, it just works, right? Like, yeah, Brad Pitt. 100%. Great. Well, um, so I was... This actually flows well into Spider-Man. Um, I was looking up Zendaya. Mm-hmm. And because I, I, I don't remember why. I think I was like, oh, I wonder if that's her real name or like a stage name or something. And her name, like her full name is sick. But I was very thrown off by the fact that her last name is just Coleman. Shout out Coleman Hall. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her, her full name. <laughs> Unbelievable name. Uh, Zendaya Marie Stormer Coleman. Stormer? Like Storm the Castle Stormer? Yeah, but like S-T-O-E-R-M-E-R. Oh, that sounds Scandinavian to me, even though I don't, that doesn't sound correct, right? What is that? What I, even is I that? Think, I figured it was British, just an extra E in a, in a word, or an extra vowel. You got U's in some words. I don't know. Yeah, Coleman seems like... The- Coleman seems British to me. I don't know why. That um, does. But uh, she's... What's, that, uh, what's that famous actress? Very famous actress. Oh, yeah. Olivia she's Coleman. I got, I, got yeah, a, Olivia Coleman. I, got a, I got to watch a movie of hers, The Last Daughter. I'm excited about that. But oh. we, we uh, digress. We digress as always. Um, so you've, uh, you've seen Spider-Man more recently than I have. I saw it the second weekend it was out. Just saw it really a few days ago at this point. Uh, so yeah, when was you... that? Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so five days ago compared to around, I guess three weeks for me now. So 
Um, you know, it's still on my mind, still on your mind. We have a lot of tapes on it. Uh, you know, to any listeners, if you haven't seen it, this is your chance to click away. I think we, we could timestamp where we talk about tonic water, but um, this will be a spoiler, uh, you know, spoiler-filled uh, discussion. You know, get right into it. Uh, yeah, we discussed not doing spoilers, but no, it's impossible to talk about. Yeah, it's impossible to talk about this movie without the spoilers. I feel. I just, I don't think. Yeah. Have a rational discussion about this without going into what happened. <laughs> I I could say two names, and those would already be massive spoilers. That I guess yeah. anybody that really wants to see it would already know. But Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, made their um, triumphant returns. Honestly, like pretty much everyone, uh, Willem Dafoe. Everyone but James Franco, I feel, was back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Dafoe and Molina. Dafoe wasn't fully spoiled. Like they had like the doing the trailers, and you didn't know. I mean, but it was clearly different. yeah. But Molina was uh, in like the first trailer Molina, too. Yeah, right? Molina was in like the first like shot of the move, the trailer. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx was was already in there. Uh, Standman was in there. No one cares about Standman. And then the Lizard, which is just like, no offense to Lizard, uh, <laughs> he just kind of sucks. No, <laughs> really. Yeah, they know. kind of like they kind of make fun of him for that too. Like yeah. in this movie, they overly portray him as just a horrible. Um, <laughs> villain all of the other villains when they're trapped in those like cages under under the sanctum are giving them hell for being like oh yeah i'm a i want to take over the world by just turning myself into a lizard haha and he's like hey it was a it was a good idea (laughs) but um and also he didn't get his like his own capture scene like they all had their one-offs with getting uh, oh yeah he was just abducted, in there. <laughs> and he was just like he come. They come back, and Strange is like, "Yeah, I found this guy in the sewers." <laughs> just pretty ridiculous. Just like I can't even waste screen time on this guy. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't want to summarize the plot, but basically, uh, Spider-Man opens up the multiverse. Um, five Spider-Man villains from all the different uh, iterations of Spider-Man, even meaning Toby's and Garfield's. Uh, come into play and uh, they basically have to combat the five villains. Um, there's a reform project that Aunt May spearheads. Um, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Wait, so first off, Paul and I both feel that this movie is, while good, it's fine. It's not like a world beater kind of movie. This feels no. like when Black Panther came out and people are like, this needs Oscar noms because it's such a big moment. And they like remember when they did like best popular movie and they were floating that idea at the Oscars and like well they, they of... like formally announced it and right then they just scrapped it at, yeah because without people are any like, explanation because it's a terrible idea <laughs> and um, I think they realized that it would just be a Marvel movie every single year right or like actually it wouldn't even be one of the Star Wars but exactly one of those big big ticket Disney items. Um, yeah, but the conversation around this is basically like this is a ten out of ten. I don't see a lot of people ripping on it, and you know I'm not gonna rip on it significantly, but it's not a great movie. No, it's I thought a... it was that 
the action sequences were really fun. They like played into the old movies really well, and it was really funny. But like the plot doesn't really make any sense. Like there's there's multiple. This is the type of movie where there's five or six times throughout the movie where you're like, oh, this probably yeah. should have ended <laughs> right here. And it's not even like for different reasons. It's the exact same thing. They end up getting this box that can, all you have to do is click a button and it just sends everyone back. And there's a ton of times where they're just like, oh, we should probably click the button. And they don't for just the worst, the dumbest reasons. Uh, Aunt May's like, oh, all of these really evil supervillains need salvation. Like you can't kill them because they'll die if you go back. But ultimately they're, probably killing hundreds of thousands of people with collateral damage <laughs> throughout I the I mean, if we're city. talking the building fight alone where Gavi's just tearing it up, that's got to be like 100 people dead. I know they only show, and this is a spoiler, obviously, Aunt May dies, which we can just touch on in a few minutes. Um, but that's just like hundreds of people dying. And, you know, Tom Hall is just like, man, I still got to figure out how to get through to these kids, man. How do I teach these kids? How do I teach these villains? And Um, the villains, the villains aren't really in it that much. It's just like there's certain instances when they come back to like take care of Spider-Man, but who knows what they're doing for the entire time that they're off screen? Because I don't know. I don't exactly know, but I think we're led to believe that it takes place over two or three days. Yeah. I was going to say that half an hour of screen time when Garfield, Maguire, and uh, Holland are linking up and creating, like, the vaccines or whatever, the cures. Dude, Gobby's probably catching, like, 30 people and just killing them. Mercilessly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah. Gotta, gotta I hope they get saved. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, and then the other – the... yeah. So my one of my big problems was that I don't know it didn't feel it felt very rushed through mm-hmm. any of the important plot points which is kind of why like I don't know I think it didn't work for both of us but at the same time it wasn't a particularly fast paced exciting movie it was really slow and they were trying to do all of this emotional stuff some of which worked some of which really didn't I think that's the big ones, the Aunt May thing. I think the end when uh, Tom end, slash yeah. Spider-Man kind of gives up everyone's knowledge of him worked really well. That worked the best. Out of everything, I was going to just go on to praise the ending, but continue, Paul. Yeah. But a lot of the <laughs> emotional stuff doesn't work, and they use it very frequently to slow down the plot and kind of try to build these emotional bonds and all of this feeling in the movie that doesn't really work and made it just feel so so slow um afterwards i think we got out and it's what a two and a half hour movie yeah it's and ridiculous both both of my parents were like oh gosh like that was only two and a half hours <laughs> yeah um so yeah, I mean, Paul and I both had that same feeling walking out. I definitely had that feeling walking out where I was just like. That felt like five hours. Yeah, um, I was confused. I was very confused. Um, like, and also, like, you know, Spider-Man and Strange's fight, while it looks great, the stakes are so low. Like, this isn't, I mean, I don't think Captain America's Civil War is even, like, a 
a great movie, but that ending fight with Iron Man and Bucky and where they're just hauling on each other, and you can kind of feel like, wow, like, Iron Man might just kill this head if he really had the chance here. There's no stakes. Like, I mean, there are stakes like that later, but for me, like, that whole Strange and Spider-Man set piece where they're battling over the box, <laughs> which is, again, such a ridiculous thing. It's just like, oh, I mean, cool, but, like, what happens with whoever wins this? Do I really care about the outcome of this fight? The I mean, end of that is also terrible, where <laughs> Spider-Man's like, <laughs> oh, this is a mathematical equation, and they don't really show him doing anything. He just, like, kind of flips around a bunch, and all of a sudden, trains are moving in like some Pythagorean it's a, cylinder it's like spiral. Those, those Japanese upside down trains that you see yeah. on, on sometimes. Um, but yeah, and so my biggest problem with the movie was Aunt May. A, her plan. So ridiculous. When? No, but for, now, of for all her, times, I... I feel like yeah, it makes yeah. the most sense because that's kind of her whole shtick and spiel. Like she's not really thinking of, or I don't even know that she knows who all of these people are and how bad they are, but well, no, that's, she, she, she doesn't no care. Context. Yeah. And she's not thinking about what these people are capable of doing, AKA murdering tons and tons of people. She's just like, Oh, these people need help. And that's my whole I thing. I help them. That, but Spider-Man's that... a superhero. <laughs> I know. Is this really fleshed out, though? Have we gotten enough of Aunt May through the first two movies? Like, I felt kind of like her whole thing was that, A, she was Marissa Tomei, and that she was an attractive <laughs> Aunt May, and people were supposed to ogle at that. And two, that she, like, had a thing with Happy, and we were supposed to, yeah. like, have a comic relief. Like, she wasn't, like, a, an actor with... An, I mean, she's a great actress. My Cousin Vinny, one of my favorite movies. But, um, like... It all just felt kind of flat. It was like, oh, like why is Aunt May having significant stakes in this movie? Um, it just felt very out of nowhere. Um, and her like her whole death was just kind of like I understand why it affected Tom so much, not Tom, Peter Parker, but it just looks like oh, she's gone. Okay, she said the great power, great response. That that played. Um, not too well with me. It just, it just, it just rang hollow. It felt flat. That's it. Yeah, her. I mean, her death also wasn't particularly good. She got absolutely like blown to smithereens by one of Green Goblin's bombs, right? Yeah. And and then she got up and she was totally fine. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she just like died. Very bizarre. That scene though does include the best part of the movie, which is. Defoe cackling while Tom punches him. Um, just a, a sick scene. It's, it, it's yeah. literally the Heath Ledger laughing at Christian Bale in the interrogation room, just redone. And I just I think that stuff's so cool. Uh, Defoe is a is a like once in a lifetime gem. I feel like Defoe was the runaway MVP of this movie with Garfield a close second in my mind. Yeah, I f- probably Holland I, and Toby. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, Ned's always up there with these movies. That that guy is... I don't actually know that actor's name. I'm going to look it up, uh, but he cracks me up. I think he's so funny. Ned, the scene like, where Ned just figures out that he can uh, do the sorcerer stuff. The, he, like, he's a Doctor Strange acolyte. Like, when they like did that as like, a gag line earlier in the movie, like that that was funny. Um, where he just starts so talking in the circles. 
so good. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, Jacob Batalon or Batalon or something along those lines. Oh, his Instagram is at Life is Aloha. That's sick. That's a, um, he has a Samoan build. If that was a thing, oh, Filipino. He's Hawaiian. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, he seven half know, every, Holy shit! That's crazy. Every every single like line that he delivers just feels perfect. Uh, I whenever I think of him, I also think of that video where he and Tom Holland and somebody else are in the pool and he closes his eyes and shoots oh, the basketball yeah. shot and it goes nowhere near the hoop and they all mob <laughs> and they him. All freak out. Yeah. That's yeah, a sick yeah. video. Um he he do you see the personal life thing? He lost 102 pounds for this role. Oh, I don't no think way. he looks particularly trim in this movie, so that's a bit alarming. Um yeah, I oh, mean no. it could Okay yeah, after yeah. oh uh, no no it says for for his role but you know what do I know? Um, I'm just going to say that Far From Home, like my final takeaway is that I liked Far From Home a lot more. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is, do- A, doing a lot in that movie, but B is like a much more compelling movie. It's like a, it's a teen like comedy because half the movie is about Tom Holland trying to uh, woo Zendaya's character. And then the other half is him like grappling with Iron Man dying. And- yeah, I mean, I, I think that's more what Spider-Man movies should be. I'm a too. sucker for Europe too. I just love Europe. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, the main thing that Paul and I both agree on, I think, is that we're watching the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, you know, colloquial. I'll just say, in a, you know, stuck off this movie a bit. Uh, call it the best Spider-Man. Um, which I still think it's maybe a top three Spider-Man, top four Spider-Man. It's not displacing Spider-Man 2 or Far From Home, in my eyes. And if we want to get into, into the Spider-Verse, I don't know if you've seen that, but I don't know if this beats that out either. Um, no, I think that, I think that that's... Uh, that, I mean, I, that's definitely a better Spider-Man movie, but it feels <laughs> different just because different world and the animation makes it feel yeah. very different. But I think that's probably the best Spider-Man movie. Um, I don't know. They they feel different. It's up like that's yeah. probably one or two. This would be four or five. But then four or five out of ten Spider-Man movies, where I'm imagining this has the biggest budget and has definitely gotten probably the best response and made the most money, feels wrong. It does. I think I think this crossed a billion at the box office. Um, it's definitely going to be the highest person one ever. Because I remember, remember like, remember that Entourage episode where Aquaman beats out Spider Man for like, um, yeah, the highest grossing opening weekend, and it's like a huge. Deal. I do. <laughs> That's like, like one of my favorite Entourage episodes ever. It's, it's like it's, it one, is one, one, of, it's, one day in the one day valley. In the valley. Like yeah, one day in the valley, yeah. and it's like yeah, it's a great episode because it's just like the guys are trying to see the movie and they keep getting blacked out because of the extreme heat and they're freaking because the box office returns might suck. But, like, I forget it, but the number is, like, shockingly minuscule compared to what we expect now for these movies. And it's just so funny because, of, I mean, of what my uh, what my cousin says that when Spider-Man came out, like, Toby's Spider-Man, is that it was, like, the biggest that, like, people were going crazy for them. And do you really... 
is fine, but it's not sick. Um, no. All that is to say, uh, great to see Toby again. Love him. Wasn't he was just – yeah. Go ahead. I thought he was better than Garfield. Ooh. Because he was, he was very subtle, and they made it clear that like what he had gone through in his universe, world, metaverse, whatever. Metaverse, nice. Aged, <laughs> eight. Thank you, thank you. Meta, Facebook, please sponsor us. Um, <laughs> but like, he had aged more and was more withdrawn. And then Garfield came in hands of blazing. I also can't. Have you seen Tick Tick Boom yet? No, dude. I keep Netflix keeps pushing that on me because I just I you just should watch it. It's, it's really good. High. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but like I can't picture him as a Spider Man anymore. <laughs> you saw him in uh, what is Tick Tick Boom? I feel like it, from all the trailers, I felt like it was like Whiplash with like PG rated. It just felt no. like a lot sillier. It no, it's like just... <laughs> it's not like that at all. It's okay. <laughs> I don't even know what I would just compare it to. It's really good though. Great comeback. Great comeback for Vanessa Hutchins. Wow. She flex she flexes the pipes and is very good. I mean, great comeback in general from Vanessa Hudgens. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, she had like a classic video where she just goes, you know, people are gonna die, but uh, you know, it happens. And, and then she went radio silent for like five months. Then she came back just posting absolute thirst traps on Instagram. Then she had a sick architectural digest video where she showed her house off and came off very cool. And then this, which you're claiming is a big thing for her. She was like on the path to being like a Hallmark movie actress. And this is a good, This it's good that she's back on this uh, star, star path. Yeah, you should um, watch it. Let me know. What you, let me know what you think. Yeah, you know that's a pretty easy watch. Um, but yeah, it's it's it. not it's not an easy watch. Not an easy. Watch. Wow, it's very very sad. Did you ever see uh, Hacksaw Ridge with Garfield? I think I tried to start watching that. Is that the one where he's a medic? Yeah, he's a medic in. Uh, I want to say it's World War Two, but I can't. I can't yeah, no. I think I tried to start watching it. Couldn't get through it, and then saw it on a plane and was like, oh, I should finish this, and then probably fell asleep or something. Is he better in Tick, Tick, Boom, or as Eduardo Saverin in Social Network? Probably Tick, Tick, Boom, but he's like the wow. whole package there, doing everything. Also, he can sing, which is shocking. I really love well. him. I love him as Eduardo in Social Network. I mean, Social one of my favorite movies ever, so it's hard for me to be uh, unbiased about it, but that's high praise. That's very high praise. Yeah, I got to um, convince you to watch it somehow. Yeah, I mean that's a, that is a ringing endorsement right there. Um, so yeah, I don't have much else to add. Zadaya, I think, is thrown into a lot of things now, but like doesn't do a ton. I say this on the heat, like on the doorstep of Euphoria coming out, where she probably doesn't. But I just I saw Dune. She's in Dune, but she's not really in Dune. So I read the book. Um, she's going to be in part two big time as like the they... second lead. Okay, good. So I was going to say, but they didn't they uh, any guarantee that there's a second one coming? Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> like they just, they were just like, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> 
it was it was greenlit very quickly i think like pretty much immediately once it passed a certain threshold where studio execs realized hey this is definitely going to do the numbers we expected it to do and not totally flop they greenlit it like a week and a half after it came out it was very quick but they they i think they were probably pretty nervous <laughs> yeah i mean uh, can you can you imagine if Amazon's billion dollar Lord of the Rings flops? It's just to be a disaster for that. Yeah, the cr- the thing that annoys <laughs> me though is there's no way for us to know if it flops. Like they're not Amazon Prime isn't throwing metrics out there. I guess right. we would know if it flops if it gets horrible reviews, everyone pans it, and it just stinks. Exactly. But I don't know how you can throw a billion dollars at a TV show and have it Dude. be bad. I don't. I can't remember, like, the last big-budget massive failure in anything. It feels like they've kind of flubbed on Wheel of Time, even though I'm not deeply connected into what's going on there. But, like, it doesn't feel like Wheel of Time lived up to the hype. I'm not a Wheel of Time guy, to be fair. I don't even know much about it. My dad really likes it, but I don't... It's, like, the third epic thing. Like, you know, you have Lord of the Rings, you have Game of Thrones, and then there's Wheel of Time. It's I would say. Um, yeah. And so people have been, and it, it's finished, which Game of Thrones is not. I should say A Song of Ice and Fire, but neither here. And basically, I'm people very excited been, for that. Um, oh, yeah, dude. Uh, you, well, I don't know if you saw uh, This is only for freaks like me, but I followed George Warren's blog, and he like posted the other day about the fire and blood. He saw like the first episode and said, yeah. I saw it. And, He's not, yeah, he's not like one pulled back. Like, he's openly said that he's he was disappointed with the end of Thrones, the show. He distanced himself from it. He was like, Hey, guys, I didn't have anything to do with it. They went rogue on the last season. (laughs) So sad. I I hate him because he's left me on the blue here with wins, but um, so funny that he just he just felt free to say things like that. Um, Fire and Blood fully fleshed out. He's actually finished the books there great time um really excited for that um yeah not much else to say no you want to get back on track we were do we want to do the detroit versus philly thing or we do want to do the detroit versus philly thing here okay so arjun and i had this idea that so they kind of at the end of the new spider-man leave you feeling like you may be going to boston because MJ and Ned both get into MIT and he's he's still got to convince them that they were once friends. And Paul, before you say that, that that that's a hysterically large plot point in the movie is their MIT and their seeming failure to get into other schools. And I don't know what other schools you apply to, but if MIT is the one that you're that's not the way the process works it should be the exact inverse where you're not getting into certain schools or you are getting to certain schools and you don't get an MIT it seems like the, they were expecting the exact inverse of that to occur and that's yeah. I mean we just not we just man how long ago was it I guess like seven yeah. years now we yeah. went through the college process um, it's just not how that works but uh, a very, very funny that that was such a major plot point. But 
carry on. Well, we might be seeing MIT because yeah. they did, in fact, get in after he erases their memory, or Doctor Strange erases their memory of him. Um, but so Arjun and I wanted to defend Philly for Arjun and Detroit for me and why he should be going to those cities in the next Spider-Man movie instead of Boston. So do you want to, do you want to start? Sure. Um, well, the same pitch, I mean, let's talk about the Northeastern seaboard, right? You have, in my mind, you have three major cities. Uh, you have Boston, you have Manhattan, New York, whatever you want to call it. Obviously Spider-Man's in Queens, but most of the, you know, if you watch the original trilogy, I think they spend all of like two minutes in Queens. The rest is him swinging around Manhattan. Um, and then you have Philadelphia. In terms of these guys moving out of high school, we have a whole section of the city called University City, where we have two major colleges, and then the other ones are more spread out. But we have Penn, which, you know, doesn't have the same national recognition of MIT. No. Is it? Yes. Is it an Ivy League school? Yes. Is MIT an Ivy League school? No. Some would say no. Most would say no. We have, which I will now refer to as Center City, because that's what we call it. That is perfect for swinging. I think Spider-Man would have a lot of fun flying around our city. In terms of getting nitty gritty, obviously, <laughs> I don't think they go anywhere near North or West Philadelphia. Um, but you remember where I took you on the cheese tapes with uh, Maniunk and Ron oh, yeah. yeah. Adam Sandler has been filming his new movie there. Um, like in that neighborhood. Um, Interesting. So we have that. Or if you really want to, South Philly is the home of so many iconic Rocky scenes. Just have Spider-Man redo it. If you want to get nitty-gritty, I think the closest thing to Queens in the entire country is South Philadelphia. <laughs> that is a ridiculous statement. But I think it's true. Um, beautiful stadiums, beautiful skyline. Beautiful river to get your little feet skimming Spider-Man things. And they love swinging off of bridges. Regardless of what Bill Bird says, we have a lot of bridges in Philadelphia. I think off the top of my head, we have five at least, maybe more. Um, yeah, I think everything that you can do in Boston, you can do in Philadelphia, and it's better. Plus, you can have a meet a cheesesteak, and there's nothing in Boston that comes close to a cheesesteak. Um, yeah, in terms of plot points... Not much, I will concede. Yeah, so I actually think you're playing into my hand very well because Damn. I was kind of hoping. I, I was kind of that. hoping. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> it's perfect. It's exactly what I wanted because <laughs> I was pretty much banking on you kind of comparing Philly to Boston. And you made them the way you just described Philly made with some exceptions like the Rocky stuff, Philly cheesesteaks. It's also um, obviously more, more big buildings, yeah. but you made Philly and Boston seem very similar, which I think for a Spider-Man movie, they would be. But then all I, all I feel obliged to add is that. Fuck. <laughs> I did. In, yeah, in, yeah, you did. And in Boston, he could pretty much, he has an entire like, historical film history of just mafia movies and stuff. So 
Boston he has, doesn't have that much to, in terms of historical stuff. What are they? No, 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 not not real historical stuff, but movie historical stuff. I, they you know. like there's so many mafia movies that take place in Boston, and so it's so easy for them to go to Boston and immediately he's fighting the mafia, and it's the perfect <laughs> villain. What villain does Philly have other than just I don't know people with guns? The Chicken Man in Philly, man, he blew up last night. Haven't you heard the song? He was there. <laughs> he died. Um, <laughs> they can make a whole movie out of that. <laughs> There's no Atlantic City <laughs> close to Boston, all right? Where are they going to go, Nantucket? No, dude. <laughs> this is real grit. If you want to be a neighborhood Spider-Man, there's no place better suited for neighborhoods than South Philly. But <laughs> I do. I would I argue do. Detroit. You go, go for it. I want to hear it. Okay. So there hasn't Detroit been is a movie set in Detroit since Eight Mile. A major movie in Detroit <laughs> since Eight Mile. So we're talking yeah. twenty. You got you got to book a twenty minute thing here. And also, are we really saying that Boston has a lot of mafia movies? Off the top of my head, I can think of The Departed and The Town. That's it. Mystic River. Mystic River is a mafia movie. Kind of though. There's a bad gang of people that do bad things. We got, oh, oh, we got that. What's that Johnny Depp one? Oh, the one with Whitey Bulger. I think it's um, Black uh, something. Black Mass? Black Mass sounds right. Black, oh yeah, no, it is Black Mass. Um, We got that one. All right, fine. That is three. I'll give you that. (laughs) Okay, okay. But anyway, so we go go to Detroit. Totally different scene. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We've all seen Eight Mile. Maybe not. Yes. But, and we know of Detroit. There's a lot of bad things going on there. A lot of um, abandoned houses, dangerous areas. Outside of downtown, there's a long stretch of places that you don't want to stop your car um, until you get out to like the super nice fancy neighborhoods after like 10 or 11 mile. And so he goes there. A lot of crime for him to fight, be your classic Spider-Man. But then, in a time when we're all very concerned about climate change, Spider-Man's able to start really being more than your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He brings back the Detroit auto industry with electric vehicles. He's able to spearhead that project. They build a lot of um, kind of uh, high-speed rails really uh, help the U.S. rail system um, <laughs> save some carbon emissions that way. And so we're getting more of like a, a little Al Gore, Tom Holland here Do with an want, inconvenient truth. Do you and, want to just replace Tom Holland with Leonardo DiCaprio at this point? Do you think that would play better? Yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean... He's he's getting to that level. Soon enough, he'll be there, and and so you're bringing Spider-Man into a whole new kind of darker, relevant to kind of today's problems um, within the series, and we've got Don't Look Up, very relevant. And if you want Spider-Man to be relevant like that, go to Detroit. I mean, <laughs> he could spearhead community <laughs> community gardens to reduce the carbon footprint. 
I have no idea how your mind cooked this one up. This is such a ridiculous premise for a movie. Are we going to have him driving driving around in a Prius for half the thing? No, no, no. (laughs) Prius Prius is guzzle gas compared to uh, the electric vehicles these days. I want him on trains. I want him driving Chevy Bolts. I want him gardening. Does Detroit have a college or MIT? University of Detroit. Is he webbing up to UMich every weekend? (laughs) We could we could do some scenes there. Get some grad, maybe grad school for MJ and Ned while he's in Detroit, really putting in the the hard work. I think I want my 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 vision for this is that by the end of Spider Man takes Detroit. It's mm-hmm. kind of become this urban paradise with lots of green space, no pollution, gardens, zero crime. Because, and he doesn't have to fight crime to end it. The crime ends itself because of the community that he's been able to build in Detroit. It's perfect. The population once again reaches one million. That's a big goal of mine. Wait, what? There's not a million people in Detroit? No, it dropped below a million like maybe twenty years ago. Um, Look that up. <laughs> uh, I will. Detroit, uh, what demographics? Population curve. Population. Yeah, I think it, I think it was over two million at one point, and now. Oh no! Far shit. from it. What is it? Eight hundred thousand. You guys peaked at around one point eight million in nineteen fifty. Yeah. Finished decline. And then around Y2K, yep, that's when you guys dip below a million. And then after the financial crisis, it really took a hit. It um, continues to drop, friends. I believe. Actually, it might be coming back a little bit. Dude, there was 1.8 million people in Detroit in 1950. That's, that sounds like well, a made-up stat. I'm well aware. How is Rob that? Caputo, our dear friend Rob Caputo, <laughs> who is Boston through and through and won't like this discussion to get Spider-Man out of Boston, sends me... Just pictures of the Detroit population decline on a regular <laughs> basis. Such an asshole. <laughs> Why? Why, man? That's so unnecessarily cruel. Does he it's do usually give you gambling tips? No, no. It's usually like, I don't know, if the Red Wings are playing the Bruins, for example, I'd be like, oh, the Bruins are going down today. And then he would just send me Detroit population statistics. <laughs> He uh he loves to just send me gifts of um like whatever that guy's name is pasta pasta whatever. Oh uh, yeah, loves to send me pasta pasta emojis uh, whenever he scores on us, which is very annoying. Um, He's actually really funny in like the media and stuff. Have you seen that video of him <laughs> after the um, game at Lake Tahoe that the Bruins played uh, and they won and. He comes out for like a media interview in these absolutely outrageous glasses. And they're these huge pink glasses. And he, the, the person asks him a question about how he's feeling after the win. And he was like, oh, I was feeling really good. They let me be on Ox today. And <laughs> then you guys called me out to here to do media. And now I'm missing Barbie Girl. Uh, well, first off, a bit rude because... The Bruins beat the Flyers in that Lake Tahoe game. Uh, can't believe you forgot that in coordination. I did forget game. that. 
All I can think about <laughs> is the interview. <laughs> but um, no, I I was just thinking about the Tahoe game the other day. It was when you brought up um, that the beers are freezing uh, into slushy at the Winter Classic this year. And I was just thinking that that Tahoe game is so sick. And I wish every sport had something like that. Yeah. I'm trying, like, you can't really do it for any other sport. I know, but, like, the MLB, the Field of Dreams game was uh, pretty great this year, right? Um, that was awesome. Did you actually watch that? I did watch it. I went on my way to watch that. Yeah, me too. Um, I think I tuned in around the sixth or seventh inning, which is when it really got spicy. Right. Great ending, just, too. It, I mean, yeah. For You couldn't script a better ending for, like, your was that, one Was that a White game. Sox White Sox walk off into the cornfield. White Sox walk off into the cornfield. Um, apparently, Beautiful. like logistically, it worked out. Even though, like, apparently, it was legitimate, like a two lane. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I saw the cars coming in. The yeah. pictures. Yeah. Here's a question: Did you cry when you first watched Field of Dreams? No, did not cry. I think I did. It doesn't hit me that well. It hit me pretty I hard. I don't know why. I haven't cried for a lot of movies in my life. I can't even tell you which movies I've cried all over. Schindler's List. That's my big example. Schindler's List didn't cry over. Jeez. Am I heartless? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was once explaining that movie to Carly. I don't remember why. We were talking about it at... Um, That's a great, great, uh, lunch great or dinner conversation. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking about none other than Schindler's List and I like started crying in the dining hall like talking about it. <laughs> what? You yeah. just had a normal sober conversation and you broke down oh, in yeah. tears talking about wow. That movie, was I didn't break I didn't bro- I didn't break down in tears, but I was it sounded like tearing tears up. were shed. Oh I was tearing up. Did Carly express any concern? <laughs> Well, no. I mean, you, like she had watch it. No, I, I think I probably did the opposite. Yeah, do you know shit? It's like a three and a half hour movie about like the most. I guess it's kind of heartwarming. What happened? But okay. it's like a three and a half hour. Yeah, it's like a three and a half hour movie about like the worst thing that has ever happened, and it's very well done and hits about as hard as anyone retelling that story in a movie that isn't like real people that lived through it could probably possibly hit and I think the scene that always gets me is when it goes to color and they're all going back to Oscar Schindler's grave and leaving him the rocks it's a great man great scene um Sophie's choice might have made me cry I don't know never seen that one Huh. I cried when I watched no. that notebook. That's <laughs> an outrageous statement from you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. A, I can't. I can't delve into that. I can't. My give favorite. You time to do that. <laughs> my favorite claim is Levi claims that the only movie that he has ever cried at, ever, and he watches a lot of movies, is The Iron Giant. Oh, when he at the end of that movie, that's. A, <laughs> I didn't yeah. cry, but I get that. If you're a kid and you watch that, that could hit. That could hit. Yeah, I I, I don't understand crying at animated movies. To be honest, I like oh, I dude, actually, I get watched... in the feels. I get in the feels. 
I was about but, to say, you've watched a lot of Studio Ghibli, you know, and you know. Oh, oh yeah, I love them too. And I, I really like feel emotional watching them, but I have never once been on the verge of tears because it's, it doesn't, it's not like a world that you can really feel like you're in because they're cartoons. Yeah, that's fair enough. I was about to say, there are parts of Pixar movies that ultimately make me sad, like the opening of Finding Nemo, where that big fish just kills all his kids and you're just like yeah. wow that's really the dark. opening <laughs> the famous opening scene of oh, up. up yeah or wally's opening where he's just alone for 10 minutes in like <laughs> yeah. a really mad and you're just like wow this is bleak as shit <laughs> retroactively that one kind of makes me crack up a little bit actually <laughs> there's just there's just a robot like alone <laughs> doing <A's> for... <laughs> yeah. trash compacting it's funny that he's just like a head. Like he just like wants to just rock out by himself. <laughs> it's really cool. He has his own little house. So the shelter set up. You think that's Detroit if Spider Man doesn't show up? That's Detroit's future. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> we need team. We need some environmental changes ASAP. <laughs> Wally this is it's Detroit's future, just Detroit, no other city. <laughs> no, Wally's Wally's cleaning up the trash that Spider-Man failed to prevent. If the population growth continues to go at the way it is, uh, there just won't be anybody in that city anymore. You're... Just Wally. Uh, then the fat people will come back and plant a plant, <laughs> regrow the city from ashes. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for Wally. We should have warned ahead of time. <laughs> Wally Two is that? I feel like they. I feel like I've heard something about Wally Two. That's that movie's over. What are we gonna? What, what more do we have to do? It's pretty clear that the humans are gonna regrow the earth. Or the robots gonna turn evil. Oh, again? I don't know. No way. Let's go. Wally Two: Revenge <laughs> of the Auto is an upcoming 2022 American 3D computer animated buddy comedy drama adventure film produced by Pixar Animation Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. The film release date is June seventeenth, twenty twenty two. That's so ridiculous. So that could false. be totally false. No. Oh yeah. Okay, I've been bamboozled. The name of that website that yeah, popped up on weird. Google, movieideas.fandom.com. <laughs> they get they gave a release date and you just fell <laughs> for. I saw the release date and I didn't question it. Yeah, release date six months from now. <laughs> you haven't heard a peep about it. You were ready to go in. They have a full list of direct, directed by, screenplay by, story by, produced by, starring, music by. They're do all they real people, the, too. Did they have the Godfather Part 4 in there? I don't know. This is an interesting <laughs> website. <laughs> I am seeing this now. Moviesidea.fandom.com. The Godfather Part Four. Screenplay by Josh Cooley and Stephanie Folsom. An American Tale: Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. It's a weird website. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two is a very <laughs> real movie. <laughs> Space Jam: A Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> Okay, we've gone uh, off Josh, the rails. You, you want to? Josh, Josh Cooley is a very real person. 
which is no, so these are funny. Thomas Newman did all of uh, the Toy Story. They're stuff, just attaching people to they're just throwing people out. Josh Cooley, like, yeah, how's the work? Six months until your release date, huh, buddy? That's also the worst. That's the worst name ever. Wally Two Revenge of the Auto. Yeah, it was watch this say, be the... real. <laughs> I think we've just proven that it's just very not real. Also, like Pixar is a Disney thing now. They announce their movies like five years before they're released. This is true. What's what's coming up? Upcoming yeah, is this in Pixar movies? Is this in Phase Four or Phase Five? Is this in this? Is this in the multiverse? I think this is Phase Five. Oh, I forgot. The upcoming Pixar movies are sick. We've got Lightyear. I'm not hyped. And I mean, we could touch on that another time, but Toy Story, not my favorite franchise. Really? I like Toy Story. On rewatches, they're very good. And then Turning Red actually looks really good. Is that a movie about a uh, an American changing to communism? No, unfortunately not. It is about a Canadian person that turns into a red panda. Oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was I talking we should... movies. <laughs> yeah, we'll be doing that a lot, probably, to be honest. Um, yeah. Hopefully a little, uh, more, a little more put together in the future, but we're working on it. <laughs> you getting bamboozled by that it was unbelievable. <laughs> Of live moment name, on this podcast where you just the try name of the website. <laughs> yeah, it's <is> perfect. <laughs> Such good. Um, yeah, so that can wrap up this section of the podcast, and we'll move into our next topic, uh, post taste, which is uh, tonic water. And I think I have to take the onus here because it is my burden to bear. I feel you do. Um, this is going to be. I think the rest is going to be me commenting on things that you're saying because yeah, so, you have tonic water and hopefully a great story for us. Yeah, I do. Those are two things really that could go hand in hand because I did use the wallet to purchase tonic water. Um, but essentially, it all boils down to this. I like tonic water plain. Do I... <laughs> <laughs> I have to put it out there. Sorry, um, sorry. It, what? Um, it is what I it mean, is. I don't even, I don't have to, there's I nothing I have you to know, say. It's, I think it's most people things will. I would love to reach a hand through the screen and pass the person the tonic water I'm currently imbibing and just be like, yeah, isn't this delicious? And they would be like, huh, yeah, it is. Most people haven't had tonic water straight. They just have not. And I'll tell you exactly where this came from. I was 13. My dad were at a, and he was getting a gin and tonic, and he had never ordered a gin and tonic in front of me before. And I had been like, "Huh, what's that drink? I've never heard of tonic water." And he goes, "Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a mixer, you know, to go with the gin." Because I knew what gin was, but not tonic water at that point. Um, I only knew what gin was because of Bombay gin, and it was in our house, and I stole it, and I was like, "Oh, Bombay." That's a city that I know. Um, and so anyway, I knew mixers as at that age, I knew them as sweet 
that went with things that according to my dad. <laughs> that was what they were described to me as. And so he was like, yeah, do you want to have tonic water? And I was like, yeah, why not? And so, <laughs> you know, you'll enjoy this. <laughs> she returned the tonic water. And I was like, hey, can I get a tonic water? And the waitress was just like, yeah. And but like in one of those like incredulous faces, like, what the hell is this kid doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so I had it and it was delicious. I couldn't, you know, I don't know how to describe this to you because the taste is the taste, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Trying to justify eating a burger to a bunch of Hindus. Like, you guys don't like it. I do. What's going to happen here? Well, like, do they not like it or can they just not eat it? Yeah, that was a bad example. Uh, <laughs> it's me describing eating a burger to people that don't like eating burgers. <laughs> it's, uh, it's delicious to me. It's not too sweet. It's not sour. It's just perfect. It's very smooth. And I'd argue, and this is the crux of my argument, it is one of the most popular drinks in the world, I would say. In terms of highball cocktails, it is one of the, I would say it's probably, I, I actually can't think, like, maybe rum and coke's up there, and, like, if you want to start talking old fashions and, you know, uh, fucking espresso martinis, then whatever. Gin and tonic is a classic. Vodka sodas, vodka sodas are gross. And that's like one of the big, you know, whatever. Vodka tonics are much better. Um, See, I don't, I don't thing. like any, I don't like any drinks with tonic water either. I don't like gin and tonics. I don't like vodka tonics. Well, how am I supposed to have a discussion with you? You can't, if you don't like gin and tonics, then what are we doing here? Well, that's, <laughs> I, I think the whole, I, I think gin and tonics are palatable. And I don't even like gin. But I think that I would rather take a shot of gin then take a sip of tonic water. I think it's that bad. And you just oh, drink it man. like a drink. Yeah. Also, like I, so I, I've done yeah. some research into this. Yeah. And tonic water. Yes. You're going to say just car- it. oh. It's carbonated yeah, water in which quinine is dissolved. Quinine. Yeah. And I looked up quinine. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like a malarial prevention medicine. Yeah. So first off, as I've long argued, you know, my people... We've got late developing malaria resistance, and I think quinine played a big part in it. So this could just be genetic, man. If you're talking about it, Indians might be more predisposed to this than white people. Hear me out. Malaria, very third world country disease. India, we can argue what we are right now, but let's just say we're still a third world country. Although, just a shocking amount of billionaires for a third world country. Um Malaria was a big problem there. <laughs> Actually, this isn't really funny, but one of my good friends, Johan, who went to Yale, his younger brother's at Columbia, went home. This is a this is a very smart, very educated, very wealthy family. Kid contracts malaria over winter break when he goes back to <laughs> India. <laughs> he he's fine and everything, and he ta- he takes uh, quinine. <laughs> Get his thing to get his cure. <laughs> what I think is that because it was such a late thing, quinine's like tonic water is big in India. I know a lot of people who are just like me. <laughs> there are millions of us, potentially billions of us. Uh, they're all Indian though. So that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, um, I, I like part it a of lot. it for me. Yeah. I think part of it, it for me is like, Tonic water in the U.S. is super regulated, obviously, 
and can't mm-hmm. have that much quinine. And they mm-hmm. load it up with just like the sugar and stuff to cut the bitterness. Mm-hmm. And you can still get you still get the bitterness, which I don't like. And you get all the sugar, which I also don't like. Yeah, that's so it's gross. just like a lose lose for me. I'm also looking at so I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now, mm-hmm. and tonic water is fluorescent under ultraviolet light, which is so concerning. Yeah, I you know to be frank, Donald, I I think that's fake news. I think that's I'm looking fake. at I'm looking at a picture of it right now. That's big. That's big Lacroix. That's bring uh Sag San Pellegrino. They're just uh. They're just hating on it. I uh I have Fever Tree tonic water. That's the only brand I buy. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's specifically Wait, say that again. I've only ever had Canada Dry. Okay, well that's gross. That's why you're not having it. It's Fever Tree. Fever Tree tonic water near me. Oh, that looks pretty good actually. Oh, you're getting the Indian it. stuff. I am getting Indian tonic water. They get their quinine that, from the Congo. Is that significantly more expensive? You know, ordering it, I'm just the one that <laughs> that demands we get it. You put it on the shopping list? Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still not going to drink this. <laughs> but yeah, tonic it's I, in fact, I would say, like, right now, it wouldn't rank in my top five. But if it's the only thing around, like, it sounds like you would rather die. Uh, if you were that metaphorical, uh, I'd be, you were in the middle of a desert with no name, and there was an oasis of tonic water, you would just skip by it. And I would, you know, happily sit there for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. And that's all I have to say. Because it's, it's just, like, it's a good drink. It's on par with like, it's like a tier below like lemonade. I would say in my mind. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Let's. If if you like tonic water, please sound off in the comments. And if you don't, please voice your disgust. I would love to see lots of hate. This is this is this. This is an opinion I've gotten a lot of hate opinion. for. It's not just you. A lot of people, a lot of people have expressed their disgust with me, mostly white people, I will say. Um, But yeah, I still remember my first high school girlfriend. I told her parents that like, oh yeah, I like tonic water. And he just shot me a look. And it was one of those things where I was like, huh, what did I say wrong here? (laughs) This isn't going to work out. (laughs) This isn't going to work out. Amazing we persevered through that for like six more months after that. But rough moment <laughs> for us there. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, All right, that so was anyway. talking tonic water. So my final thing, and probably the final thing for this podcast, is my wallet saga. Um, so on New Year's Eve, I went to the beach with our good friend, you know, should we be naming people here or not? Should they like uh, remain anonymous or no? Uh, I continuously think about that when I throw out names, and we probably shouldn't do that. But we live and we learn. All right, I'm gonna say that this friend is, and he has a great beard. That's all I have to say about him. He was visiting with his family to this 
uh, place in South Carolina where I am. I'm just not even going to say where I am anymore. Because who knows? What if we get like one crazy listener? And he's just like, I- I'm going to find my guy. We need to get we need to get some listeners first. <laughs> you haven't gotten the stats yet. We don't have a hundred listeners yet. That'd be uh... I I haven't looked, but I'm afraid to. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, on New Year's Eve when I went to the beach, I had a bit of a scare where I dropped my wallet in the sand, got all the way back to the car, and then realized I didn't have it. Went back and got it, and um, about. Now it's like 10 years ago ish. I just got in my f- <laughs> my first Velcro wallet. Um, and I'm, I assume, I don't know if you had a Velcro wallet ever, but oh, certainly uh, it had footballs on it. It was neon green <laughs> with footballs. Mine was uh black and it was Echo Unlimited. I still remember it, um, which is such a hysterical brand. Um, and I thought it was the sickest thing ever. I took it with me everywhere. I didn't have, I only had like cash and um, my school ID in it. Um, that was it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, so we were at the beach one summer and I kept it in my swim trunks, went into the ocean, came out of the ocean, was no longer in my swim trunks. I did not immediately tell my parents. I went home. I realized, by the way, like within two minutes, like at the beach, um, and like faked like swimming back into the ocean and looking around for it in the water. Um, <laughs> of course, fruitless. Then like patrolled the beach, uh, just like walking up and down to see if it washed up. Um, did not tell my parents until I would say like a day later, where they're just like, oh, like. They didn't even notice, actually. It was just me. I, I actually did volunteer the information for once in my life. And, of course, like, they just went berserk on me. Because it was, like, the first... I had, like, a... Uh, like a Man, what was the phone I had when I was a teenager? It was one of those old Verizon slide phones. Anyway, I had two responsibilities in my life, and it was those two. And I had lost one of them. And it also, you know, stalled and lied about <laughs> that... They were like, hey, is anything wrong? And I was like, no, everything's all good. The day before when I was wasting hours of my life walking up and down the beach like an old man. Um, And so it was gone fully. Uh, Never found it. Went back to the beach like the next seven days. Told the island, if you ever find it, let us know. Obviously never came up. Probably sitting in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. If not, it's in that great Pacific uh, trash (laughs) island. That's what I was um, just thinking. The garbage island. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Leo, that's my bad. Um, so today, or a few days ago, um, I went back to the beach and uh, dropped my wallet, but didn't notice until later in the day. And I was going to go for a beer run at around 8.30, 9-ish. Um, realized I didn't have it, tore up my room, still didn't have it. Essentially, like, was in a frenzied state of mind. Um, again, fibbed to both my parents and told them I was going to go pick up some beach chairs outside because we leave them outside. We shake the sh- sand off and then let them sit outside. And 
just uh, snuck the car keys in my back pocket and took off. Um, obviously, my parents called and were like, hey, why'd you do that? I was like, oh, you know, just felt like go getting dinner. I uh, didn't want Indian food tonight, which caused a little brouhaha with my mom, who was, you know, took it that I was insulting your cooking, which couldn't be further from the truth, as Paul can attest. She's um, really, really good. Unbelievable <laughs> food. And so um, the way the area that I'm working at is, is that civilization is one way and the beach is the other. And so I go towards the beach and, um, you know, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm thinking the percentage is 6%. Just throwing that out there. It's such a, the beach is large. My wall is minuscule. It's a uh, Branston and Smathers, I want to say. It's a Bowdoin Branston and Smathers. I have the same one. It's got my initials on it. Package. Smathers and Branston. You don't have the uh, Bowdoin Squash one, though. But... <laughs> no, no. I've got, I've got the package one. PKG. PKG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's a sick wall. Um, yeah, it's great. Anyway, um, so I'm uh, I go I basically disregard the boardwalk at first, and I run all the way to the beach. It's pitch black, by the way. I'm using a flashlight in the car and my flashlight on my phone, and I'm just combing over like this. I would say 200 yard stretch of beach, up and down. I I, I take a dip into the water to check, but it's like freezing cold. I'm like, no, not going to do that. Um, this was at kind of a high tide. I would say it wasn't automatically high tide, but there wasn't a ton of beach in me to stretch, so I, I just give up immediately. Um, I'm walking on the boardwalk, and there's sand dudes on either side of me, and I'm just looking really just like for posterior, like uh, just for, you know, whatever. And unbelievably, it's landed face down so the boon squash side is facing up at me but like right along halfway on the boardwalk at the bottom of a sand dude so i jump off the boardwalk onto the sand dude which is a illegal here you're not supposed to walk on the sand dudes but you know as i can say uh i'm not very much for the environment as this podcast has demonstrated i think numerous times um i get down there get the wallet uh to my parents that went out and got dinner, which is totally, you know, just didn't happen. I uh, drove home, happiest man alive, and then went and got the beer today, which uh, ended up being Sierra Nevada's Big Little Thing IPAs. Those are what good. I like those. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, um, ended up eating I... cereal out of the box at around, not out of the box. I mean, I had some dry, but then I poured myself some actual cereal at around. I think it was our midnight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so that wasn't a great day for me. But, uh, I, I think <laughs> when you were telling me that, that, when you were telling me the story, um, tell everyone what you lied about yeah. having gone and gotten to eat. Oh yeah, <laughs> I told I told so I told my dad that obviously the first question that any logical person would ask is like, oh, you know, you went out to dinner, what did you get to eat? <laughs> I just told my dad, I got an Italian hoagie. And he was just baffled by that because he was just like, why? Why would you come down here and have an Italian hoagie? Um, and I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of in the mood for one. I was craving one. And 
my mom was just really baffled as well. Because like, you know, we're from the Philadelphia area. I'm not going to say what town in Philadelphia I'm from. But uh, we've got good, great hoagies out there. In fact, we're the only place that calls it hoagies. Because I think once you get north of Pennsylvania or South Jersey, really, they start calling it, uh, what, subs or heroes? I don't know. What do you guys call it? Yeah, both. I would say, like, I would call it a sub. But then if I'm just referring to the bread, I might say a hero or even a wedge. Wow. Yeah. I like wedge, actually. Yeah, my dad was very perplexed as to why I drove ostensibly about 15 to 20 minutes just to have what is admittedly a mid-tier. They're not great here. And I just was just, you know, I was so high on the why. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I had it. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Um, and that was it. And apparently the Indian food last night was delicious. But it is what it uh, is. Do you guys have a lot of leftovers usually? Yes. I would say if we have people over, there's at least two days worth of leftovers. Were you able to enjoy some of the leftovers today then? No, none. Oof. Oof. That's probably the worst part. My my biggest thing about this whole thing is how are you just losing your wallet on the beach? I understand like leaving it somewhere in the house and having to look for it and finding it yeah. eventually. Yeah. But like I also I kind of understand losing it in the water. I don't understand why you went into the water with it in your swim trunks. It was that doesn't make sense to me. I liked having it on my person. I liked having that ability to just be like, hey. I've got this. I'm a man now. Um, it was very much the mustache scene in uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, except it wasn't a mustache. It was a wallet. Yeah, um, no, I, I get that. You're, you're younger oh then, too. But then you're walking. So you obviously didn't lose it on the beach. I kind of understand if it slips out of your shorts or trunks while you're like yes. lying on the so beach or I've, whatever. Or you had, you had it on your, on your towel or something and like left it there. But you were walking on a boardwalk. You, it, you yeah. must have been on the boardwalk while you were while you lost it because you found it right next door. You're yeah. walking on the boardwalk, and it's I don't understand how it slips out of your shorts, and I also don't understand how you didn't notice. So very shallow pockets, and I'm not very cognizant of the uh, what what kind of around my thighs. Uh, the it's a very I mean, it's just like a card holder, really. Um, so it's very light, I would say. Um, and I'm also kind of a space cadet. So um, really spaced out there. And just was kind of focused on having a good time at the beach. Uh, you know, Paul and I are working on reading a book a month. And I unbelievably chose Catch and Kill by Rowan Farrow as my first book. And this thing is 500 pages long. And I, I didn't realize I got to finish this in a month. Sorry, it's not 500 pages. I think it's closer to 400. 400, yeah. 400 pages that I have to read uh, this month. Um, so it's not a con law assignment by any means, but it's work. Not, not to so, toot my own horn or bragger. Not to toot my own horn or brag or anything, but... I read Dune after seeing the movie. It's like an 800-page book, and it took me four days, if that. Does, it was awesome. But 
I felt great Those about myself. Page turners. I feel like, yeah, like I turned remember... double the pages you're about to turn. It was awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, remember, did you blitz Harry Potter during quarantine when I did? Oh yeah. We both oh yeah. Did that right. Read Those every single one, and then remember reading. Yeah. Oh, I finished the whole thing in like a month. And then we were going to go on and read Percy Jackson. And I came over to your house. I smoked Percy Jackson, yeah. I was going to smoke Percy Jackson. And then I uh, I left you out the hang, yeah. Yeah, we had had every single one here except for the first one. We definitely had it at some point. Who knows where it went. But I was coming over to – I was coming over to your place and to get it. And you just lost it hours before I got there. And I found found it an hour after you left. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, Jeez. Maybe one. I, I might get back into those. Those could be my... I don't know if I could count those as each as a book for a book no, a month. But Lightning, Lightning uh, Thief will legitimately take you a day to read. Maybe less. It took me, I think, five. Could I count the series as like two? Uh, Was it four I books? Did that. I did that. It's five. And I did the series after that series, The Heroes of Olympus, which... They're fine young adult novels, but wow, dude, those are not good books. Yeah. <laughs> um, not going to get on Goodreads, but... Um, Something to look post- forward to. We're probably going to be putting yeah, together yeah. a little book little book club on the uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Book club on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't really thought about what listeners can do. You know, you remember, um, remember when Oprah was at her peak and if she put a book on her book club, it got like a million sales automatically. Yeah. Um, so it could be the modern day Oprah. I think it will be. We'll, we'll think about that and come up with something. You want to, uh, touch on yeah. some. So to conclude, mm-hmm. we are probably going to do. Mondays and Fridays seem to be working pretty well, but we'll update that as we go along. And then a couple ideas we have upcoming for topics we'll touch on. Um, I think we're going to do one of the classic segments that we always used to talk about. Just a little little news from India, Um, whether that be Bollywood-based, actual news. one thing that we'll probably talk about first is uh, Nuclear Gandhi from the game Civilization 1. I, I do think Nuclear uh, Gandhi is something that the listeners should look forward to next time. Yeah, um, I think that'll be next time. And then we're also going to get a um, a Stan segment for all of the variety of Stan countries. I would say that um, we are going to exclude Afghanistan and Pakistan from that conversation as they are too OP as Don countries in terms of news. Yeah, um, and this will be this will be Arjun driven, and we'll yeah. see if it lasts. The India segment will <laughs> last, and we will do that frequently, probably. But this, I, I don't know. That, I don't know how much there's going on. That's the whole we'll, point of this Don uh, news segment. There's too much. Yeah, well, people there for not, not too many people. It's too much land for nothing to be going on. I'll believe it when I hear it. You're you're finding the news. I'm. 
I am. I'll sit so back I, and enjoy. I am, doing great, I am doing my individual work for that. So, yeah, that's some stuff to look forward to. I, I think that's not the greatest pitch um, of things yeah. to look forward to, but we'll have, we'll have more. more exciting we, things. We, we gave them the book club. We gave them the book club. That is exciting. Yeah, but we weren't able to give a book, so. Well, I know, but we're. Yeah, there will be a book club. Book club, book club, book club, book club, book club. Book club. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Yes. All right. Talk to you later, Regin. And listeners.